Welcome to the Quantum Growth Podcast, empowering financial advisors to build practices for the 21st century by providing insights and interviews on leadership, strategy, and practice management. Now here are your co-hosts, Shenandoah Connor and Barron's Hall of Fame top advisor, Jonathan Cutton. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Quantum Growth for Financial Advisors podcast. Today, we're going to keep it a little intimate because we've gotten a lot of questions from our listeners about a topic that John knows a lot about. So we wanted to take a moment and really dive deep into that topic. But before we go any further, John, I got to let you say hi to everyone. Hey, Shenandoah. Hey, everybody. Glad that uh, I'm getting the spotlight today and getting to talk a little bit about one of my favorite topics, which is really kind of going a little deeper on how to build mutually beneficial relationships with centers of influence uh, in general. So excited to be here and hopefully share some good stuff for everybody. Great. And, you know, this is definitely something we get questions about all the time because you have built up a reputation in the industry as, you know, quote unquote, the guy when it comes to particularly CPA relationships. But this works for all centers of influence. But we know that advisors in particular have a hard time connecting with CPAs. So do you want to touch on that a little bit before we dive into kind of what your approach has been? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, when you think about, um, you know, just to kind of frame this out a little bit, I guess, I think you're right. I think the model um, that we use in the practice works, uh, whether you're partnering with CPAs, enrolled agent, agents, tax preparers, uh, attorneys, mortgage brokers, you name it. Um, but I, I will share um, my belief is, while it works with all professionals, it works best with accountants in general. We'll just kind of call them accountants right now. And I, I think it works best with accountants just because of the type of relationships that CPAs and accountants generally build with their clients, right? So, you know, when you think about most attorneys, right, unless maybe a, a business attorney, um, you know, or a mortgage broker, as an example, et cetera, a lot of those relationships are more transactional, right? You don't go see, necessarily, you know, a divorce attorney, hopefully more than once, right? Um, so a lot of times those professionals don't have the same level of deep, meaningful relationships with their clients as we find tax folks do. No, absolutely. And that's a great point in terms of really being able to have lots of conversations and get a lot out of that relationship. Those accountants are a really great uh, professional to network with, but we do see that financial advisors and accountants speak a different language. And I think Ken touched on this a little bit in one of our previous podcasts, um, but you say this a lot too about that perception that accountants have about advisors and how advisors typically approach accountants and how that makes it difficult for them to actually get to a point to where they can work together. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. You know, sometimes we say, you know, CPAs are from Mars and financial advisors are from Venus, right? Uh, that's the next book that. we're going to write, right? Yes, that's actually, <laughs> that, that's actually a good idea. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe we should do that. It's kind of a catchy title. Maybe I shouldn't have said that out loud, but, um, but <laughs> I used to it, work it, for that guy's publisher, by the way. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I used to work for them uh, in doing marketing and support. So I, I'm very familiar with that book, the original one. <laughs> wow. Well, there you go. Maybe we can, uh, maybe we can collaborate on that or something together. Uh, but, uh, you know, in, in, in all seriousness, I, I think, um, you know, to make things really simple, um, you know, kind of give away some of the goodies here. Um, I think about partnering with accounting firms and I break it up into a couple of different kind of criteria, right? So it starts with what I would call prospecting, right? Or how to get in today's world, I guess it's screen to screen. Um, I used to say belly to belly, right? But belly to belly or screen to screen with CPAs. So the first part is how do we meet them? And I think you and I could spend a little time uh, on today's podcast just talking about you're an advisor and you want to build relationships with COIs, specifically uh, accountants, what's the best way to meet them? And I think as we go into that, it's really easy to meet them. Um, and we can talk about some of the best practices to ultimately do that. 
Um, I think the second part of the process, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, reflecting back on the podcast with Ken, and we talked about, you know, Ken's words back in the day were that CPAs view financial advisors as a small step above a used car salesperson, right? So as advisors, we got to think about that and go, okay, don't take offense to it. It's how we're viewed. It's the industry's fault. It's not my fault or your fault uh, necessarily as an advisor. But if that's the reality, we've got to deal in reality, then we've got to build a process to actually dis to, to dispel that myth because we know it's not real. We know as advisors, we're quite professional. We do great work for our clients. We provide a lot of value, provide a great client experience, all the things we've been talking about uh, you know, on, on this podcast. Um, but truth be told, most CPAs are skeptical and they don't believe that. So part of what I wanted to talk about today is, well, how do you actually create that credibility through a process so that the CPA starts to see you or accountant starts to see you in a different light, right? And then I think the third piece that I wanna talk through to make it really simple is once you get to a point where you've got a CPA to wanna to partner with you in some way, even if it's loosely in the beginning, right? Um, you know, I always say in my coaching program that the hard part is getting the accountant to say, yes, they wanna work with you. That's hard, right? Really hard in fact. But the really, really difficult part is then influencing them to do what it is you want them to do, i.e. introduce their clients to you or to your firm in a favorable way, right? Um, so there's a leadership component that we've turned a bit into a process that actually helps to ultimately, um, you know, it's a dirty word, but I guess, you know, it's the right word to monetize, right? The relationship that you've built. And I think if we think about things, you know, we've, we've uh, you know, Ray Kelly, who I know we're gonna have on again real soon, you know, always talks about simplicity on the far side of complexity. So for me, it's really simple. All I need to do as an advisor is meet CPAs, have a process that will be compelling enough to build trust and show the CPA why he or she wants to be involved in helping more of their clients with their financial planning and wealth management, et cetera. Um, get them to that point where they see value in it. And then the third component is I have to be able to lead them and have a process in place to make it comfortable for them to make introductions and actually teach them how to identify opportunities and make those introductions. So I know that's really simple when I say it, right? But there's a lot that goes into how you get that accountant to actually feel all the ways that you want them to feel. And it's it's really a process and, and that's really what we've kind of created. So hopefully that kind of helps Shenandoah make something that I think is really, you know, kind of like this thing in the industry, like, hey, it doesn't work working with accountants and they never refer to me. And, you know, I've heard it all from advisors and uh, truth be told, we've done unbelievably well building our business with it and helped hundreds of advisors um, we've trained thousands, but in all transparency, we've helped hundreds actually really be successful because they followed the system, had some of the skill set, worked it for a while, and were able to really create quantum growth in their business. Absolutely. And so to kind of frame this out, I, I think what you said is basically there's there's three kind of key phases to this relationship model or this process where it's that initial prospecting, it's establishing the value proposition, and then leading the CPA to a mutually beneficial opportunity or relationship, whether it's a referral based or revenue sharing. Um, so, you know, along those lines, let's start by talking about that initial prospecting aspect of it. And I, I really like how you guys do it because you do have a couple of strategies. And you know, we've had to be responsive to COVID too. So we might talk specifically about what we've had to do during the pandemic, but in general, like what's the prospecting phase of meeting COIs? Yeah, no, great, well said. And um, yeah, I would, I would say, you know, a, a couple of things. Number one, um, you know, you referenced COVID. Um, I think it's made it a heck of a lot easier, right? Because it used to be, we all wanted to meet by saying to the CPA, 
let's grab a cup of coffee or we'll come by your office or come by my office. Um, now everyone's kind of up for a quick 15 minute Zoom, right? Or Teams meeting, a video conference. So I've actually found a much more receptivity for accountants and COIs in general to take a quick meeting. Um, and they've got more time, right? Uh, as well in, in many cases. You know, and I, I, I say this all the time, right? The hardest thing in any type of prospecting is ultimately, um, you know, prospecting, right? Getting belly to belly or screen to screen with the prospect that you're trying to work with. If you just think about any marketing strategy out there, right? It's all revolves around, well, how do I meet my target consumer? In this case, let's say it's the accountant. So here's the simplest thing, guys, right? Most of the advisors listening in, I'm going to presume, have a client base. Some have 100 clients, some have 200, some have 400, um, et cetera, et cetera. Each of those clients certainly um, have to do one thing every year. Um, the U.S. government uh, mandates that you must file a tax return, right? So from my experience and talking to a lot of advisors and in my own practice, around 80 to 90% of a typical financial advisor's client base actually has their tax return professionally done uh, by a tax professional. So if you just think about the basis of what we all do as financial advisors, what we do from a client's financial planning and investment perspective has a direct impact on a client's tax situation, right? Like it or not, we're integrated together. So the easiest thing to do is if you've got 200, 300 families that you work with, how about you just make part of your process with your clients that you'd like to meet their CPA to ensure that you and their accountant or CPA are aligned together on their tax strategy and that you get a quick introduction to ensure that the advice that you're giving is in line with what is best from a tax perspective. Because we also know Shenandoah, the industry, the financial services industry says, you know, we, we have this, this disclaimer all the time, right? When we give advice that has anything to do with taxes, the same disclaimer is consult a tax advisor because we as financial advisors are not tax advisors. So as simple as that is, right? It is the most successful way that I've ever found for advisors to meet CPAs, to simply ask their client, hey, so I can do a better job for you and ensure my advice is integrated with your accountants, would it be okay if I met with your accountant, reached out proactively, do I have your permission? You gotta check with your broker dealer. Sometimes the client needs to sign a form and in fact, they probably should, allowing you and the CPA to speak together. But think about this for a minute, you know, to the listeners, if you have 200 clients, 80% of them get their tax returns done by a professional, it's 160 clients that you can have that conversation with. Ask yourself the question, shouldn't you be doing that for your clients anyway to actually give the client the best advice, right? So do ask that question 160 times. From experience, 90% of the clients will say, absolutely. Can't believe you've never met my accountant. He or she is great. And then if you reach out to that accountant, those 150-ish that said yes, 80% of them are going to be welcoming of your call. 20% might not, and there's sometimes some issues there, but 80% of them will say, yeah, I'd love to talk to you about Mr. and Mrs. Smith's account. And they'll actually begin to view you slightly differently because ask yourself the question honestly to the listeners, right? How many of your 200, 300, 400 clients that you serve today, how many of those clients have you actually met with their accountant and speak to their accountant every year to proactively do tax planning. It's why part of you know my wealth management firm's practice, one of our seasons of advice we call it is tax planning, and we do it in concert with the CPA. So you kind of do that math. Imagine meeting 150 CPAs that you have something in common with, a mutual client, them thinking about you differently. It's a really way to meet CPAs. So Shenandoah, I'd say that is the David Letterman number one way to meet CPAs. The number two way to meet CPAs that we're having a ton of success with is using LinkedIn, right? So doesn't take a lot of time, um, a simple message and connection to CPAs in your community 
sharing that you're a financial advisor, you've got a client base in XYZ City, um, you are looking to interview a handful of CPAs in the area to be a good resource for your clients and hopefully build a mutually beneficial relationship. Add that last part, right? So that when you do meet with them, they're gonna expect that you're expecting a mutually beneficial relationship. Um, amazingly effective, you can do it yourself or you can outsource it to someone on your team, um, which is a really easy thing to do as well. We are having a ton of success setting appointments and I'll share with you, and you know the Shenandoah, in my own practice, I've got four sons myself. Um, two of them are in college and home because of COVID right now. With no training, no experience, I've allowed them to prospect a bit for CPAs using LinkedIn. Uh, and they're both averaging setting like three or four meetings a week um, using the small technique that I just talked about before. So really easy. And then I would just share, you know, Shen, to, to make it simple, the third is cold calling works. That's how we built a lot of what we have, honestly, back in the day. We've, we've kind of shifted more towards LinkedIn uh, now and, and existing clients, of course. But cold calling works, networking groups, oh, there's a million different ways. But I'd say David Letterman, top two ways that I would highly recommend is the number two best way to meet CPAs is LinkedIn. And the best way, number one, David Letterman, top way would be to actually go and meet your existing client CPAs. And the last thing I'll just say on the matter is think about people you know as well. It could be your CPA. It could be a, a family member, an old college buddy that might be an accountant or CPA. So think about the people closest in your life who might also have family members, friends, or important people in their lives as well. Um, there is zero excuse to not meet CPAs in your community and accountants. It is 100% just about committing a little time to do that. No, absolutely. And when I first kind of got introduced to you, I just thought it was pure genius to start off with your client base because that's just that warm introduction already, but you are also setting it up for that phase two that we talked about, which is defining the value that you bring to the table and setting yourself apart. And I think you even mentioned that too, and how you're um, reaching out on LinkedIn and the messaging that you're using is really key for setting us up for that phase two and for setting us apart from other advisors. Cause like you said, we're viewed as a small step above a used car salesman. And just think about, well, what is that approach that used car salesman is taking? It's kind of this desperate sales approach. Like if I don't close this deal, I need it. And there's just a dollar signs, um, you know, swimming above somebody's head basically. But instead it's about building a relationship and defining that value. So again, I just thought it was pure genius. Um, and then LinkedIn, definitely another great way to be professional, set yourself apart. And especially during COVID that's been really great way to meet people. And uh, yeah, it's, I've been surprised by the results myself. Yeah, it, it, it really is. There's no excuse. It's super easy. And it's, it's, it's just funny, you know, whenever I coach and train on this and you just say, how about you start with your existing clients and you explain it the way I did, advisors look at you like, duh, why didn't I think of that, right? And it, it, and it just, it puts it all together because it's easy to meet them. The accountant almost has to take that call because you have a mutual client together. And then they're already looking at you differently because the issue we have is lack of credibility, right? But they're actually now going, wow, this guy, John Cutton, proactively reached out to me on, on you know, behalf of Shenandoah, Connor and family to make sure that we were actually doing the right planning. Financial advisors never do that. So I've already started off on the right foot because I'm behaving differently than most of the other advisors in the industry. So it's kind of a step in that right direction. And then, you know, Shendo, what I can kind of shift to, which is where I think you want me to go here is, you know, so what do you do in that meeting, right? So you secured the appointment, whether it be from an existing client or using LinkedIn. Um, the first thing I'll just share guys, this should seem simple, but it's probably the biggest mistake I see advisors make. Um, I want you to think about it this way. The CPA thinks you're a step above a used car salesperson. They expect you are going there, by the way, 
probably for the reason you are going there, which is you want to build a relationship so you can help more of their clients, right? Um, but the last thing that you want to lead with when you meet the CPA is to talk about the business opportunity, right? Or to talk about um, how much money they can make or you can make or the gold mine they're sitting on. It's probably the number one thing that advisors do, right? And you just want to understand your audience, right? It's, it's, you know, I always use kind of dating analogies. It's like, you know, meeting someone that you're pursuing, whether it's a woman who's interested in a man or a man who's interested in a woman, or for that matter, a man interested in a man or a woman interested in a woman, just building a relationship and meeting someone in a bar uh, and just saying, you know, hey, we should get married, right? Let's move in together. Um, whether you thought that person was the greatest person you've ever talked to in your life and beautiful and handsome and all those things, um, your initial reaction is going to be slow down, right? So, you know, I, I constantly say it's not a sprint, it's a marathon in building relationships. And you can't go for marriage right away, right? You've got to go for a second date. So a long way of saying, really, in that first meeting, I, I teach that you're there to find a resource for your clients. And you're there to interview the CPA because your intent is I'd like to build a partnership with the CPA firm that most importantly can do great work for my clients because from time to time, my clients do need a trusted accountant to help them. I get asked that question sometimes, not a million times a year, be truthful, but you know, a handful, a half a dozen, a dozen times a year, whatever it may be. Um, and I can be more proactive there with my clients if I had a trusted resource. And I'd like to build that. There's a lot of competent accountants out there. I wanna find the perfect opportunity with a competent accountant that also we could build a mutually beneficial relationship and is interested in helping their client with their financial planning and wealth management needs, right? So to be very clear in the first meeting, I'm all I'm doing is interviewing. So I'm asking questions, Shenandoah. Like, so Shenandoah, how long have you been an accountant? What's the typical client that you work with? How often do you speak to your clients? Can you tell me a little bit about your fee schedule? Do you have any niches, right? Niches, niches, um, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm there to understand that accountant, their practice, how they can help my clients. The likelihood is if I like that person and think they could be a good resource for my clients, I'm going to end that meeting. And we've got a lot of scripting on everything that we do, really, right, uh, in our program. But I'm going to end that meeting by saying something like, Shenandoah, it was great meeting you today. You seem to have a wonderful practice, super competent, love your disposition. I think you'd be a good fit for my clientele. I think we could be on to something here. You know, in a perfect world, what I'd like to be able to do is find a trusted resource for my clients. I think you could be that person. Uh, probably need to do a little bit more due diligence, by the way. But I'd also love to have someone that might be interested in learning about what I do. So perhaps I could be a resource to their clients as well. Would that be something that you would be open to exploring, right? Not every uh, CPA is going to say yes, by the way. Some will say, I refer business to my brother-in-law. No, I don't like to refer to advisors, but I will share with you from experience about 80 or 90% of the time, they'll say, yeah, I think I would be open to that, right? No pressure. And then because what you've now done is interview them about their practice, it's really natural to say, well, you know, Shenandoah, I got to learn more about you and your business today. We're about out of time. I know we only had an hour or so, but what I'd like to do is invite you to my office, right? virtually or in person these days so that I can also explain to you my process and my free structure and how we serve and help our clients and what our client experience is so that we can see if we're on to something here. Would you be willing to invest another hour or so together to go through that? And in fact, if you want to invest that time and we could do it in person, maybe afterwards, I'd love to grab a quick bite to eat or a cup of coffee so we can get to know each other a little bit more personally. Is that something you'd be willing to do, right? So the purpose of the first meeting, interview that CPA or accountant, get the second meeting so you get a chance to show them what you do because they don't trust you yet. They sat in this meeting now, Shenandoah, right? And they're like, okay, John Cutton's here. He's a financial advisor. He's gonna try to sell me something. 
I sold nothing. I was there to be a professional, to learn what you did, Shenandoah, as a CPA, to better serve my client, right? Not what you were expecting as an accountant. You thought I was going to come in and say, can I get your client list, right? Who's your wealthiest client? Didn't do any of that. And at the end, I wrapped it up in a nice little ball and said, but it would be nice to have a mutually beneficial relationship. Would you be willing to meet again? If they say yes, that's great. We set that next meeting in a perfect world. It's followed by breakfast, lunch, dinner, cup of coffee, cup of tea, et cetera. Um, I leave that meeting, Shenandoah, right? By the time I get back to my office, I'm writing a handwritten card. Shenandoah, it was a pleasure to meet with you. Congratulations on building a successful business. I really enjoyed our time together. I think we could be on to a potentially mutually beneficial relationship. Look forward to meeting you, you know, next Tuesday at my office or virtually at 11 o'clock or wherever we set it, right? Personal handwritten card. I usually send an email saying the same thing as well. So they get that the same day. A day or two later, they get the handwritten card. The reason I send an email is generally if you send an email like that, you will get a response. The card, you might not, right? But an email, you'll get a something really nice back or a me too, look forward to meeting you or we're confirmed or something. So you know it was received and you're starting to get them in what I call the yes train, right? So let me kind of just check in with you there. We've set the stage for how to get in front of CPAs, what to do in the first meeting, right? And now I'll hit the pause button and then maybe we can talk a little bit about what you do in this sort of what I like to call the office visit slash social meeting. No, absolutely. And I think you framed it out really well. And um, I, I use the dating analogy all the time too. You can't go from, hi, how are you to the altar on the first date, but a lot of advisors try to do that. And that's, um, I think one of the frames uh, phrases you use a lot is you got to push the check back to as they start getting interested and just making it about building a relationship for as long as possible until it truly is the right time to start having that money conversation, but not leading with the money conversation. And by doing that, you're just going to start off by setting yourself apart and people are going to feel like you actually care about them, care about their practice, care about their clients and delivering value rather than just what can I get out of it? What's in it for me? Um, so I think that's really great. And I also think, you know, again, you're, it, it just sets a completely different tone. So it's not a tit for tat relationship. Cause that's the complaint I hear from advisors a lot. I'm sending them referrals. I never get any back. Well, you really haven't established a relationship. You've established a tally system basically. And it's going to feel disproportionate to you because you haven't done the work first. Yeah. So here's a really, really key point, right? You talked about pushing the check back, right? So this is where advisors have, have, have issues, to be honest, where, where relationships fall apart, right? So throughout this process, do not ever lose sight of the fact that the accountant views you as a step above a used car salesperson. An accountant's job in most cases, like what, what does an auditor do, right? They look for mistakes, they look for problems, right? So when you walked in the office, there was no credibility, in fact, a dislike for our profession, right? You then differentiated yourself by being more professional, right? And they're kind of following along your process. As soon as you show any sign of being that used car salesperson, they are going to disengage from the relationship. They're not gonna call you and tell you why they stopped returning your calls or canceled the meeting but they're going to smell salesperson and they are going to hit the eject button and you're going to think that the cutting program just doesn't work, right? No, it's because you're not following the program and you're thinking you're smarter than the program and you know how the CPA is feeling and you could do things differently. So you're, you're, the point you make, Shenandoah, about pushing the check back, right? Every time the CPA gives a buy signal, and we recognize those buy signals as advisors. We've been trained to pounce on them. When you hear, I'm ready to go, right? We as advisors go sign hard, three copies, press hard, right? So I said that backwards, but you know what I mean. Press hard, three copies, right? Um, press hard, wait, sign here, press hard, three copies. I think that's what it is. So, um, 
I just share that by saying you keep doing takeaways, right? And we got a lot of scripting on this. So if you said to me, Shenandoah, as an example, you know, John, um, as we're sitting in this meeting today, I've got a client, Mr. Jones, and he's about to retire and he has a million dollars. Maybe I should set you up, right? Every spidey sense that you have as an advisor is going to say, yes, let's call him right now. Or what's his name? Can you give me his phone number, right? What we teach our advisors to do is to say something like this. You know, Shenandoah, I appreciate at this point you even thinking of me being the right person to work with Mr. and Mrs. Jones. Um, and I'm flattered by that. But if I can make a suggestion, maybe we should meet one or two more times. I want you to really understand what we do, our fee structure, do a little bit more due diligence. And then I would be delighted to make Mr. and Mrs. Jones. But I just want to make sure that you've done all the due diligence that you need to. Right. So for the listeners, just pause, think about that, and then ask yourself the question, if I'm a skeptical CPA that thinks that the financial advisor I'm meeting with is a step above a used car salesperson, and he or she said that as opposed to, yeah, what's their name and number, and leaned in, right? What is that going to actually do for the relationship, right? It would be no different, right? And this could be, by the way, guys, it could be, the man, like I had said before, the man chasing the woman or the, ch the woman, you know, chasing the man or the man, the man, the woman, the woman, et cetera, right? But it would be no different than if someone leaned in for a kiss at the end of a first date and the person who was the receiver of the kiss said to so-and-so, you know, please, you know, I'm not ready yet. I really like you. And I think this is really going to go somewhere but I just want to take it slow because I think we could have something really special together, right? If you were the person trying to do the kissing, so to speak, you would probably have an, a lot of respect for that person and say, wow, this person holds themselves to a higher regard, wants to really get to know me because they think I'm special and this could be an amazing relationship, maybe lead to marriage, et cetera, right? So I'm just using that as an analogy if you think about it in those terms and don't ever let down your guard and understand that that accountant is looking for a reason not to do business with you until they are jumping up and down and saying, please put a ring on my finger, please put a ring on my finger, please put a ring on my finger, you should not be pushing them to put that darn ring on their finger. Does that make sense, Jen? Yes, and now I've got Beyonce in my head. Thank you very much <laughs> because of that. Um, but you, you again, you're bringing up a really good point is it's a, that it sets you apart, but then it's also showing that you value them as well. And I think um, something else that you touched on and, and that's probably where we should go next is what we've also experienced is a lot of CPAs actually don't understand what advisors do and the value that they an advisor can bring for their clients. And so getting a referral before they really understand that it, it's you're again, you're not setting up the relationship in the right way. And that's why it's important that after you go meet with them, that you need to take the time to do that due diligence, both directions, they really need to understand you too. So um, I, I think that's probably what we should talk about next. If you want to dive into that. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, you know, it, it, I ask the advisors this question all the time. Um, well, what did the CPA think when you showed him exactly what you did or showed her exactly what you did? And they kind of look at me with that, those, you know, bulging eyes going, well, what do you mean? So yeah, part of our process is after that first meeting, right? And you kind of frame it out at the end, the way I mentioned before, and now you're doing what we call an office visit followed by a social meeting. And really guys, to make that very simple, it's just a show and tell meeting. Show them everything that makes your practice as wonderful as it is. The fact that you do planning, the fact that you have a staff who's super professional, how you manage money, what your, what your client service model is, how you run your CRM, how you recognize clients' birthdays, what your fee schedule is, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Actually show them, right? Here's what a financial plan looks like. Here's what a client statement looks like. Here's what our tax forms look like. Important information to clients so that they walk out of that meeting going, I understand what it would be like to be a, a, a client of XYZ firm 
And I think it would be really good because most financial advisors don't have a process the way hopefully most of you do, especially if you're executing on some of what we're hopefully teaching you here in the podcast. So you want to show that off. It does a couple things. Number one, it shows them how professional you are. In most cases, what they will walk away with is understanding that you run a much better business than they do. But yet, right, their view is that you are a step above a used car salesperson. We know that. You can't get mad about it. You got to show them, right? And when they start to live it and understand it and see it, they start to understand that their clients would actually be in a better spot if you were in their lives, right? And that's really, I mean, to make it very simple, we've got training, as you know, Shenandoah, on, on how to conduct those meetings and what to show and what to say, et cetera. But you know, the other thing to just understand is CPAs, you know, like surgeons in a lot of cases, are generally the smartest people they know, right? So most CPAs put on a, um, an air, right? that they know everything about investments and financial planning, right? And we know they don't because we've met with them. Some do, right? Some, some have a good knowledge, but the majority of them are not financial advisors. They don't understand what we know, just like we're not CPAs and we don't understand everything that they know. Now, the problem is, is they're sensitive. So if you, if you tell them that or you challenge them, their need to be right, you know, a CPA, I go back to Jeff Maxson's podcast, and Jeff, if you remember, and you know, for the listeners, if you didn't catch Jeff's uh, podcast, you should. Uh, Jeff is a coach on our team uh, at Cut and Consulting. In fact, does a lot of the coaching between the CPA and the advisor in some of our advanced programs to help really kind of monetize these relationships. And Jeff ran, you know, was an executive vice president uh, for a broker dealer that really just specialized in. Uh, helping CPA firms execute financial planning. So he's an amazing wealth of knowledge. But one of the things he said in the podcast is CPAs have a need to be right. When you do a tax return, at the end of that tax return, all the numbers add up and you can be right. So we don't want to challenge their need to be right by telling them they don't know anything about financial planning and they're wrong, doesn't work with CPAs. Um, but the way I always positioned it is as an example, if I went through the investment or investment philosophy and kind of went through say a asset allocation model, past performance on, on models that we run, um, you know, and we got into betas and alphas and standard deviation and all that complicated stuff, I would usually say something to a CPA like, you know, Shenandoah as the CPA here, you know, I'm sure as you know, right, a beta of 0.9 means that this particular portfolio has 10% less volatility than the index that it managed. And a standard deviation means this, and an alpha means this. Knowing that they didn't actually know the answer, right? But also knowing that they're going, wow, this guy, John, is pretty smart. I've never heard an advisor talk about this with one of my clients. More of my clients should work with him, and he actually thinks I know it right? And isn't making me feel really dumb. And I would like to help my clients more. So I just, I point that out um, just to say, that's the purpose of that office visit, screen to screen or in person is to do that show and tell. And then Shenandoah, um, you know, the next step again in a non-COVID world, but I think it's, you can do the same thing in a COVID world um, is to, to, to have a check-in, right? I like to do it over a cup of coffee uh, or lunch. It's not to impress the CPA. I always say it's not at the best steakhouse at town. It's, it could be at Applebee's or the diner, right? Um, go grab a burger or go, go to Starbucks and grab a cup of coffee. But after you show them what you do for clients, one professional to another, we just simply sit down with the CPA. And the first question I ask is, so Shenandoah, what do you think of my process? I'm dying to know because I really respect your opinion. And after you just showed an accountant for an hour, everything you do, how you run your business, your operation, manage money, do financial planning. Um, you'd like to think, and I could tell you 99% of the time, what the accountant says is, I was so impressed with how thorough it was. I didn't know you did this or that. I love that you have a team in place to do this. I love that you pre-schedule all of your meetings with your clients, that's amazing, right? My biggest pet peeve is, Advisors don't follow through with the clients I've referred over the years, right? So you've built a process 
that you already know that they're going to like, they're likely going to tell you how great it is. And I tell you this, guys, about half the time at that lunch, usually, or coffee, the accountant starts to say things like, I'm thinking of someone that might be a good client for you, right? And that's where, Shenandoah, to your point before, the takeaway comes back, right? Don't take the bait. Say no thank you. More due diligence, but thank you very much, right? Now, if they, if they shove it on you, I'm not, you know, again, use your judgment. If you, if, you, if you could take the client if you really need to, but at least make the gesture that you're not ready yet. Because again, that's going to check them to be able to say, got it. John is really a professional. I gave him a carrot. He didn't go for it. Because if you say yes, I've had it happen, guys, which is why I say it. They're going to drive home from lunch. And they're going to go, what just happened here? I met this guy on LinkedIn, right? I met with him. Somehow I wound up in his office. Then we had lunch. And now I'm giving him referrals. I don't really even know this guy, right? And all of a sudden, they're going to hit the pause button. You're never going to get that referral. And then they're going to stop returning your calls because you went in for the kiss too quickly, right? So trust me on this, slow, steady, until they're begging you to put a ring on their finger, do not take the bait. Well, and speaking about that slow and steady and that sprint versus a marathon analogy, something that I've heard you all say, and just so that advisors can really think through this is, you know, a lot of times they're hoping to get that referral either immediately or within one to two weeks. But we actually say it takes 12 to 24 months to truly develop that, you know, a cold CPA relationship into a referral relationship or a, a revenue sharing relationship. And so just framing that out, like how slow you need to kind of take things, but it doesn't mean I'm only talking to them once a quarter or twice a year. We're having regular contact with them after this second meeting. It's, it's an ongoing relationship. You're dating on a regular basis. Yeah, no, 100%. Thanks for leading me uh, to our finish line here. But yeah, you're, you're spot on. Um, you know, it, it, and again, sometimes it happens quicker, right? Just every relationship is different. Sometimes accountants get it really quick and you, you get the person at the right time and they're ready to go and they've been thinking about it, et cetera. Sometimes they're really cautious. What I found, um, you know, the more cautious they are, usually the better the clientele is that they have. So the patience is worth it, right? No different than dating. If someone wants to kiss you on the first night, maybe not the person you're going to marry, right? No disrespect to anybody. And if they make you wait one way or another, maybe that is marriage material, right? So, um, you know, I, every, every kind of relationship is going to progress at a different pace. But I think you're right. To build it the right way, it's probably... 90 days, six months, 12 months, sometimes even 18 months, right? Uh, and it's, like I said before, it's not a sprint. It is a marathon. It takes a while. Um, you know, and this is one that's hard to do. We've got a lot of scripting. And to me, it, 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 here's what I said before. The hard part is getting the accountant to say yes or COI. The harder part is then influencing them to do what it is you want them to do, which is introduce their clients to you. So... If you really think about it, prospecting, and this is, again, simplicity on the far side of complexity. Everyone listening to this can set meetings with accountants, I promise you. If you have clients and you have a LinkedIn account, you will, you will get meetings. Not that hard. So that's the best part about this program, right? The second is you should be able to, quite simply, interview an accountant and ask them about his or her business and get them to meet with you again to potentially build a mutually beneficial relationship. Next part is, if you are a financial advisor, you should be able to show a CPA what you do and articulate your value proposition, right? Uh, otherwise, you'd have no clients. You've done that effectively before, right? So up to this point, it's really easy. Hard to figure out the steps you needed to do maybe, but it's really easy to do those steps in a high quality way, right? From that point forward, when you get the CPA to this point where they're going, hmm, like your process, John, looks great. Maybe we're on to something. I could see how this could help other clients. Now, all of a sudden, advisors are going from something they're familiar with to needing to learn how to be a leader. I said that word, a leader, right? At the core of what I am is 
someone who believes in leadership. The de my definition of leadership is that a great leader influences someone to do something that they would never do without you as the leader, right? So CPAs are skeptical. They are not great salespeople, right, by training. They do not like risk. They value the relationships that they have with their clients, and they don't want to ruin them by referring it to someone who loses them money in the stock market or doesn't follow through. There's, you got a whole couple of sections in our coaching on common CPA concerns and how to alleviate them, right? But at this point forward, we need to be leaderful enough and be able to get the CPA or uh, center of influence to say, I think there's something here. You, John, seem to have a plan in place and I am willing to follow you to see if there's actually something there. And the key to this whole thing is we have to get the CPA to dip their toe in the water before they dive in. What does that mean? Observe one of your client meetings. Become their financial advisor. Review their accounts. Set up an account with you. Come into their office to talk to their employees. Observe a webinar or seminar that you might be doing. Come to one of your training sessions, et cetera, et cetera. Get them to take some small step forward. And the most important part is you've got to get them to a point where you say something like, you know, Shenandoah, I feel like we're on to something here, right? I, I think personally, we seem to jive pretty well. We seem to have similar values and the approach to how we care for our clients. I really think you could be a resource to some of my clients. And I hope you feel like maybe at some point I could be a resource to some of your clients. Hopefully you get back at, yes, I agree. Well, what I know Shenandoah is this. If we part today and we shake hands and say, let's meet once a quarter or play golf or go out to dinner, I'll keep you in mind, you'll keep me in mind, we will get nowhere. I've been down this road, I'm sure you have as well. So what I wanna do here, Shenandoah, because I really think we could have a special relationship and help a lot of people, including ourselves along the way. Um, I think what we should really do is just commit to meet on a regular basis, right? I'll come to you, we can do it on video conference, whatever works best, but I'd like to suggest that we spend 30 minutes a week together to keep learning about each other, doing due diligence, maybe helping each other a little bit so that we can ultimately maybe find a client or two both ways that we can help and work together so we'll really know if we could build something, you know, almost as a partnership here. Um, so I, you know, I'd share with you, if you're open to doing that, I truly believe that's how we'll actually get somewhere. So you know, my question for you is, would you be willing to invest 30 minutes a week um, at your convenience so that we can actually see if there's something there? And, I, and guys, I've got a handful of different ways to say that scripted. To me, when you get a yes there and then you follow through, there's a whole series of techniques that's now beyond our time here together, right? On how to lead those weekly meetings. What do you do? How do you help them? How do you get them to the finish line? How do you market to their clients? How do you build awareness? There's a million pieces, but to make it simple, and I think it's a really good spot, Chen, to, to, to kind of pause here and, and we're out of time. But if you can do those things, right? you are going to ultimately, as long as you can fill in those leadership skills and you have kind of those next steps, you are going to build a handful of unbelievably effective relationships with accounting firms that will truly change the directory or trajectory, I should say, uh, of your practice. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, for a, a you know, generation that's in instant gratification and, and advisors, you know, it, it goes against kind of how you do business. It's, it's hard and fast. It's pretty aggressive. But taking that time and having that upfront investment, just like with any investment, it's going to pay off and it snowballs and it accumulates and that payoff gets bigger and bigger over time. Once you've established that relationship, it just keeps paying back. So it's definitely worth taking the time, slowing down, making that investment. 
Um, well, like you said, we're, we're out of time, so we can't really dive into some of those advanced strategies, maybe on a future podcast. But what we're going to do is we do actually have a nice infographic about that relationship model that John described today that we're going to make available as a free download for y'all. So in addition to the podcast, you can just um, in the show notes, look for that link and be able to download that and know what we follow and, and go back and listen to it and kind of, you know, have that visual aid to help you. Um, and we'll also put links back to Jeff's podcast. I think it was really good, like you said, in terms of understanding the CPA mindset, as well as our podcast with Ken Serini, one of our first CPA partners. Uh, the more that you understand how CPAs think, the better able you are to approach them in a way that's um, mindful of, of how they're going to respond to things and be able to to craft your approach accordingly. So I think that's a good place to end it. Um, look for those links in the show notes and look for additional resources. If you have questions or have suggestions for future topics, feel free to contact us. We're always looking for ideas and definitely trying to make this as uh, responsive and tailored to what advisors are looking for and what needs that they have in terms of creating quantum growth for their practice. Uh, any last words, John, before we close it up? No, no, it was fun today. Thanks for letting me talk. That was good. Um, I, I make sure uh, you get your attention, your spotlight every so often. <laughs> that's good. I need it. God, God knows that. But um, yeah, I, I would just say to the listeners out there, um, you know, again, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. But, um, you know, it changes advisors' careers, right? I mean, it's, it's the golden goose. Everyone wants to build relationships with CPAs uh, and, and accountants and COIs in general. Um, no one wants to use that P word, patience. No one wants to <laughs> spend the time to really put a process in place and execute it. So, you know, for those of you listening in, if you're serious about taking your business to the next level and kind of autopiloting eventually, um, you know, your client acquisition through professional alliances, um, you know, you, you got to put a process in place. You got to work the process. And what we've tried to do is to actually create a system and process so that all the mistakes we've made uh, ourselves and that those we've coached have made, um, that we can kind of shorten, shorten that learning curve. So hopefully today was helpful uh, in doing that. And of course, is if there's anything we could ever do to help you, feel free to reach out. So with that, Shenandoah, um, I'll have you take it away. Great. Well, thank you once again, everyone. If you would like to be a guest for the podcast or know someone who would make a great guest, please go to our website and submit your information. We are definitely looking for more great guests and we have some exciting stuff lined up in the coming weeks. Very much looking forward to it. Until next week, y'all have a great one. Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find the episode show notes and subscribe for updates by visiting cuttonconsultinggroup.com forward slash podcast. Make sure to subscribe and download the episodes on your favorite podcast app, and we'll see you next week.